episode of Tech Talk Travel. Uh, today's guests are Apaleo and the founders from Apaleo, Uli Pilau and Martin Reichenbach. And also joining us is Daniel Zelling from OpenSmile. And today's episode is slightly different. We have four people in the show and we're going to be talking about Apaleo's, uh, we could say meteoric rise in the hotel industry space. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Thanks. Nice to be here. So let's let's start by perhaps talking a little bit about your backgrounds. Uli, everyone is very familiar, I think, with your background. You're a, a very well-recognized person in our industry. Um, but Martin, you're perhaps more new to this space. Why don't you? Why don't we start with yourself and give us a bit of your background and how you found yourself coming into Apaleo and in the hotel industry. Sure. It's actually quite a long story. Um, I was studying computer science at once uh, 10 years ago and then I moved into consulting, uh, did a lot of pricing consulting for software firms so I was already pretty close to SaaS industry. Um, but four years ago I think it was I met with one of the uh, guys of the former company um, of Uli and um, we actually met at a Founder Institute event and we were talking about you know how software as a service pricing is actually very difficult and um, that was my specialty, so actually we got um, basically in a, in a contractual relationship where I was consulting them on, on pricing for the old firm. And well, then we were working together two years, me as a freelancer, them growing. Um, and actually at some point there was just the event where we thought, you know, can't we bring this together? And the opportunity arose like two years ago when we had the chance to found Apaleo. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one, at least not, you know, the only one where like 11 founders from the beginning. In the meanwhile, we got up to 14 founders. So it's quite a, quite an impressive group that we brought together. And well, since four years then I'm doing hospitality um, in a broader way. And now I was also getting involved with the product, with the property management system. Um, to bring this to life in some parts, I also wrote some lines of code and now I'm uh, mainly on the market side and selling the product. Okay, great, great. And Uli, yourself obviously before Apollo <coughs> with Hetris and before Hetris Ideas and before Ideas Micros. Um, as I said before, you've been around a long time. Why don't you give us a bit of a, a more of an info? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm coming originally from the hotel industry, so I've been doing hotels for um, quite a while. That's where I origin from. Um, and then I joined the Fidelio team in, uh, in Munich when we just started the company. I was one of the first employees there and then spent 10 years growing Fidelio, which was a very exciting time. Actually, it was not, as, it was not called startup because the word startup didn't exist at the time, but it really was a startup. It was a true software startup in very exciting times. Um, and slight correction, I actually never worked for Micros. I almost worked, always worked for Fidelio. And then um, when it became Micros, uh, pretty much the old management and team left um, soon afterwards. And then I did 10 years of ideas, establishing ideas worldwide, and then Hetras. So it's kind of the cycles I'm going through. Yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of experience with the startup. Culture, yeah, right? yeah. Actually, I like startups. Yeah. I'm, I'm not somebody to work in big organizations. Um, and our old company, when we sold it in 2016, um, obviously we said um, it's a big company we are joining now, um, and and 
would that be an option? But it never was an option for us. We said mm. we had a clear vision and idea of what we wanted to do next. Mm. Um, and that's why we started Apaleo at the time. Okay. So obviously then when you say you had a clear vision of what you wanted to do next, Apaleo or the concept of Apaleo has perhaps been with you for a while. Is that fair yeah. to say? That's very fair to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think when we came to a point with Headfrust where we were growing worldwide and getting more clients and chains on board, um, we also saw the limitations of what we are doing at the time. So the idea and vision grew, um, and if we wouldn't have sold Headrust, we would have most probably started with Headrust a new era of technology, um, doing the same thing we are doing at Apaleo now, because mm -hmm. it's very unique in its concept and the platform, um, very different from everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want, I want to dig into that a little bit later because it's it's not just a PMS system and I, I think for the audience I'd like to really define um, what that means from your perspective as, as founders of, of Apaleo. But before we get there, I'd like to maybe just start with a little bit about the history of the company. I know it's very short. You started last year, 2017. Why don't you talk us through perhaps the embryonic stage? If you're not, sure. I'd say you're past embryo stage, but <laughs> talk us through that stage and um, what your footprint looks like today. Okay. So how's that looked? How's the progress been for you? Yeah, so the official founding date was January 2017. Um, so we're in the market um, or there as a company for one and a half years now, a bit more. Um, we were actually heavily into programming, developing a product in the first nine months. Um, and Fawcett was always the plan to go live with the ITB in 2018, mm -hmm. so actually six months ago. Um, but we managed to somehow uh, get together the product and uh, get the first pilot customers way before. So we started with the first pilot nine months into programming. Um, and we had some time to kind of adopt the product, get it uh, a bit further to, to be scalable and so on. So we were working with these two pilot customers from October 2017. Um, for half a year, we were getting the integrations done and so on, um, getting the first apps uh, live on Apaleo. Um, and from ITB 2018, we started actually selling and going out to the market. And I mean, by now, six months into selling, we have around 100 productive um, properties on the platform, um, which are, you know, there's test customers and there's live live customers and so on. Um, and in the meanwhile, we also grew this concept of an app store where we always thought there has to be something different, this old integration game we should overcome and we, we should build something that is actually a product. So this was the second major step also coming with ITB um, this year. And by now I think we're in five or six countries. Um, so we also made it happen, not just the chain versus individual properties, but also the business of um, you know internationalization from a product perspective. Um, I think we, we got a far away in the you know in the last one and a half years. And I, so, and I think yeah. the same applies actually when you look at the type of customers we have because what we wanted to show is that the Apaleo concept, the PMS, the platform works with different types of hotels. Mm -hmm. And actually this is today already the case. I mean we are not in all markets yet, but we for <coughs> example we have hotels which are really basic traditional hotels. 50, 50 rooms, traditional reservation, reception, check-in, check-out, as we have known it forever. But on the other hand, we have customers that are really fully automated hotels. So we have actually one chain already with a number of hotels which operate entirely staffless hotels. 
So mm -hmm. if you have no employees at hotel level, that obviously means that the platform behind needs to support the full automation in all ways. So the mobile guest journey for those hotel groups is obviously the key. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a concept we see more and more often. Like recently we did the mm -hmm. interview with Martin Stockburger from Concept mm -hmm. Hotel. So that's a similar model with yep. one employee per hotel. Mm -hmm. um, for the ones that consider uh, Apaleo as a pure PMS company out there, I would like to you guys to dive a little bit deeper into like what is the difference between a classic PMS provider out there and what is Apaleo more towards the marketplace? Well, perhaps let me just tack yeah. on to that. Let's call it next generation, if you like, yeah, PMS. Even better. Um, because I, I'm curious, because you've got a, a vast experience in PMS. I think you, you, you know that bit, very, yes. very well. <laughs> so what, what is it that you're doing now? Sorry to, to no, over, overtake, but same, I think same. it sort of tacks onto it. What, what are you doing with Apollo now that makes it this next-gen version of a PMS so mm -hmm. that it's, it's catering for what is now a very diverse landscape of, of customers? and hotel users. So, I mean, when you look at the history of PMSs, we all know the traditional PMSs, which today we would call legacy PMSs. Mm. I mean, those are the ones that worked on premise. Um, and at some point, everybody was shouting, we need cloud systems. So what these vendors did is they took their old technology, put it in hosted data centers, and then called it cloud software. Yeah. This is not the same thing. And then the first um, two native cloud PMSs came onto the market, such as Muse or Stay in Touch, uh, some others, um, which are really nat were native cloud PMSs mm -hmm. and Hetras as well. But those were actually more or less copies of the old on-premise PMSs, um, causing the same issues, um, some of the same problems you found with the old PMSs you have with those cloud PMSs. And um, they were started to be developed like five, six, seven years ago. I mean, Hetros is eight years ago, uh, has been founded. And um, news, uh, when you look at it, is maybe six years old or seven years old, similar as Stay in Touch. Um, and so the tools and technologies have radically changed over those years. And today, what's available when you start a new technology is actually completely different. Mm -hmm. So what we define as the next gen, we had something completely different in mind. And Martin, you want to continue from here? Sure. So I think um, there, it's not just the hotel industry that's going that way, right? You, you look at uh, the CRM landscape where you had on-premise systems and then Salesforce came along and then HubSpot came along. And I think it's a, quite a good comparison because the old systems always needed a lot of setup efforts. You always had a project around it. You had the project for setting up the system. You had the project for integration. Um, you had the project for training stuff. And this is actually what we're trying to overcome and which we already see succeeding in, uh, in a lot of cases mm -hmm. that this, this effort of, of setting up such a system becomes much lower from a cost perspective but also from a timing perspective. So this is one of the, one of the big changes we see and of course um, there's a lot of technical, uh, technological improvements which uh, are required to do that. So one is that we have an open API which means we have a um, all the functionality, all the data, everything available through, a, through an interface from day one. Um, so this is a radical new approach you call in the industry API first, but it just means that you can um, harvest all the data from the PMS, use it, um, or also trigger things, trigger actions inside the PMS, not just through a user interface, but um, from um, two-way integrations or two-way interfaces from uh, from that point onwards. 
and, and essentially everybody claims to have API today. Um, they all pretty much say the same thing. But what's so different is that, and we did the same thing at Hedras, we built the PMS first and then we built the API layer on, on top of mm. PMS, on top of the Hedras PMS. And that restricts you always to what is in the PMS. But when you do an API first approach, it's actually the other way around. So imagine our Apaleo user interface, the PMS user interface, is using the same public API as every other app and every other partner we have on board. And what that means is that we cannot put one single feature or functionality into the PMS before putting it into the API, into the platform with the API on top of it. And that drives you, if you do something new, put it in the <coughs> API so you can use it in the PMS, but at the same time, from the same very moment, it's available to everybody yeah. else out there to be yeah. used. And that is radically different from everybody else um, that has done it before. In contrast to the good old oxys which we sold. Ab ab <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we, we are not saying anything bad about no, the, the former PMSs. They had their place in the markets, but I think the, the markets are getting ready for a disruption because it cannot continue the old way. Yeah. There has to be a new way of adapting technology in the hotel mm -hmm. industry, and that's what drives us today. I find it kind of interesting that you guys did not even consider to build your own uh, booking engine in, in that overall context, being very open and having your API. So, and I think that could be interesting to dive into just as an example of yeah. your overall approach. Yeah. So essentially, we are taking that concept a step further. I mean, mm. software as a service, PMS as a service has been, or cloud PMSs have been around a little bit. But actually, we are doing something else. We are doing really platform as a service. Mm. And when you do a platform um, in the way we do it, you actually should stay away from building any of the components that are out there. So our approach is really to say, you know, we are good in the platform idea and, and what a core PMS needs to have, but everything else, there are better specialists than us out in the world. So we want to motivate as many app providers and partners to go on and attach their apps to our platform through right. the public API, but they are the specialists in IBE, CRM, business intelligence, and whatever you have around. Um, and I think that's also a very much a change from the uh, PMS, current PMS monolithic systems yeah. in the world because they want to provide everything. Yes. When you go there the and say, I'm, a, I'm a new ch a chain or a new hotel and I want to use your PMS, the answer you get is, yes, you can have the PMS and here's our whatever, booking engine, BI, CRM, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And uh, as soon as you want to go outside and choose a different app which actually might be better, the guys tell you, yeah, but that's an interface project and it takes you an interface license, certification, mm. development, and then you end up with a hurdle like that of why you can't use that app. Mm. And we want to go radically the different way. So for us, it's we provide the platform and the PMS user interface, and we come back to this because we have other ideas on PMS user interface, actually, which might be a little bit surprising to everybody, but we don't want to build those components. Mm -hmm. I think the IBE is a really good example because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are many IBEs out there, some converting good, some converting not that good, um, but actually the IBE was a, was a, an app uh, which was developed uh, solely for Apaleo in the first place, um, which means that having all this open API allows also people to build custom apps um, and IBEs which are running on Apaleo which is obviously becoming more attractive the more mm -hmm. traction we receive 
Um, and then you have the traditional, let's call it traditional IBEs, which were there before, which do an integration project. Um, the benefit of having a custom IBE, just to go to this example, is that you don't really have to replicate any data. So it means uh, you don't have to pull the availabilities and rates and inventory, but you can just use the same services as on the PMS. So you have real-time availability of uh, your inventory and your pricing. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have this you know, uh, really um, foolish time in between of update periods and so on. So there are some benefits, of course, also using the API in the first place. Um, uh, I think especially uh, being in the technology education platform and, and videos and all that and, and the kind of the education which we provide to the market and try to provide, um, I think it's really key and important to make this a little bit comparable as well for the people out there. So there's uh, obviously several marketplaces out there and Booking Suite is just bringing that in different countries and Impala, we just did an interview with Ben and uh, Snapshot. Snapshot is out there. Mm -hmm. So. Can you help the, the listeners and the watchers out there uh, following Tech Talk Travel uh, to identify what is the differences and where you position yourselves in comparison to those players? Mm -hmm. Sure. So there, I think it's, it's uh, not just one category. There's multiple mm -hmm. categories. You mentioned some. You mentioned the API middleware. Mm -hmm. It basically collects multiple APIs. So let's say you have a you have multiple properties running on different PMSs, you have one on Protel and you have one on Guestline, and you want to somehow extract the data and allow a third-party application to, um, to use this data, to read it, to write things back and so on. Then you would use an, a middleware to set on top, which is understanding both Guestline and Protel's data structures um, and has an interface there. And then basically this app can access these specific um, functions, actions whatsoever. So the problem is of course that the more PMSs you have, the more complex it gets. Um, so these guys were solving this problem of having multiple legacy PMSs mm -hmm. and connecting them. Um, of course this comes at a cost because the hotelier is paying for multiple integrations on multiple points, both at the middleware as well as uh, for the PMS integrations. And um, so it's a, it's a good in-between and it's a very hard project or it's a very hard product to, to build as well as to, to uh, get successful. And then you have uh, marketplaces, let's call it data platforms, where you actually collect all the data from all the multiple players. Mm -hmm. What is missing here from our perspective when you think about a PMS as a, as a base is that you don't understand what this data means. So you don't have this business logic of doing a check-in, you don't know what is triggering what. So it's it's a great place to do BI, to do analytics, but it's not a good place to do operations. So you need a PMS in the, in the next step, somehow connected to it, which can also use this data or gives data to that. Um, did we have a third category? No, I think, that was I think these are the main and categories. And I think the yeah. business logic in, in, the, in the platform is key, absolutely key to that, because mm -hmm. imagine, Whatever we build in the platform, and we're handling things like um, reservations, inventory, pricing, payment, um, accounting transactions, a few of those things, they are also all available via the public API. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a data point you call via our public API, it's really a function, a feature, and, and you can use Im immediately this feature. So imagine you have a, whatever, a mobile check-in guest uh, app, 
and you want to use that app against the platform of Apaleo uh, to do mobile, to offer mobile check-in, mobile booking, mobile keys and all of that. So all of the functions we have built in the platform as a check-in is available to everybody else uh, mm -hmm. with all of the data that's there because we use it in our own user interface PMS as well and that gives you a huge advantage of doing those integrations very quickly very fast um, and at no cost there is no cost to it and we will never we will never charge for integrations we'll never charge interface fees we'll never charge setup or configuration fees so the world is completely different but mm -hmm. i think martin is right if you have those data aggregation platforms that's one thing and they have their place obviously um, uh, but it's completely different from what we do in that world right right so what you're saying really is that the the concept that you're offering to the end user is that all the integrations and interfaces that uh, Appaleo offer through the platform are fee-less. There is no charge. Absolutely. Essentially. Yeah. So from, from the third party's perspective, from the third party partner, the other, the other services that are plugging into that, um, where's the commercial side work for them? If we can just tap, tap on that, because there obviously needs to be a benefit for them as well. Of course, there's a benefit being there and having a presence there, but how does, if you can speak about that, how does the commercialization of that work? Sure. Between I you. mean, we already have today tons of hotels and groups that are coming to our website. They are not all Apaleo users yet, mm. but what they do is they look at our concept. They Typically, they like it very much. But actually, what they do is they go to the shop and look around there mm -hmm. and start purchasing or, or considering apps that are on the shop um, right now. And today, we since we launched it on ITB, we already have 50 apps, I think, in the store, and we have another 50 in the waiting uh, on the waiting list to come on board. Mm -hmm. And the concept is really that um, the the app providers will benefit from being uh, available in the store. I mean, people go there, they look at the categories, say, you know, here's a choice of three CRMs, which is the best one that fits for my purposes. And even if they don't switch to Apaleo immediately or use our PMS now, they can actually still uh, acquire those those apps and, and implement them and use them with their current systems. It might not be as seamless as with Apaleo, but actually the app providers do get some benefits out of that today. Right. And and I think what is important is to understand that those, um, those apps that can be built on top of Apaleo, there's really no end to it. And what I mean with that, we have built the hotel PMS user interface because we needed to convert to first customers from uh, from legacy PMSs. Mm. But there are actually other PMSs which people could create on top of Apaleo. Imagine um, you have a long-stay apartment uh, business or you have a hostel business or whatever other business around an accommodation. People could go there and build their own user interface based upon the Apaleo platform. And that is very unique because mm. what we did mm. in our backend we did not only consider the traditional way of how to run a hotel, so overnight and day use, and then in terms of uh, the other components, the, uh, there are other things to inventory which are important, um, but we, we already went there and said you could actually sell any good you or set up and sell any good you want on the Apaleo platform, mm -hmm. so not only hotel rooms, but anything around you could set up as a unit could have put a price to it and then in the inventory you could set it up as being sold overnight or day use we need this for the hotels but actually by the minute 
Mm. We, we are down to time slices in the platform today. So if you imagine a third-party user interface or app that wants to build a user interface on top of Apareo, they could specialize in certain areas which we don't cover today. So mm. it's not only the traditional categories like CRM, business intelligence, whatever you have, but it's also other new things around which are sitting on top of the platform then. Mm. Interesting. So hotels by night could go ahead and build a PMS for their... Hotels by day, you mean? Hotels by day, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Hotels by day. Let, let yeah. me give you an example, a yeah. specific example, because I always like doing examples. Um, we, we were approached by a VC company that was interested in us. And by chance, this VC company has a subsidiary which is doing actually accommodation business. What they do is they buy in different cities, right now in Germany, but soon internationally, they buy apartments and then sell those apartments on Airbnb and other channels. And they came to us and said, you know, we couldn't find anything that would fit our purposes. Can't we use your platform? And we said, you know, try it out. We, we don't know. You have the platform, you have the access, here's the API, do whatever you want. And actually they today have all of their rooms. There are not too many, but they mm. have all of their rooms um, on Apaleo and are selling it on the different channels. And they, they handle the whole operations with that system. And we had a call from them last week or so where, where somebody was on the phone and said, how did you add another property to, to, the, to the platform? And they said, oh, we just did it. We knew how to do it. We didn't need your help. So, and this is what we need to come to now is, um, that's a major difference in how we can set up customers today, how we can set up hotels, how fast, how easy, actually mm. they can do it themselves. And that's where we want to come to. Yeah, actually that takes me to another question I wanted to ask you, if you could talk us through the onboarding experience for, for the hotelier, for the user, what, what, what does that look like for them? And does it vary based on the type of property that they may be? So for example, if they're a smaller B&B with 10 rooms, or they're a boutique hotel with 50, or, or even a large, part of a larger chain of, of yeah. 100, 150, 200 rooms. Does yeah. it change at all? And, and so what does it look like? Yeah, there, there are multiple starting points. I mean, we have a typical sales cycle of a year plus in, in hotels, um, and, and somehow um, the traditional approach, scaling up Aleo, is just not good enough. Mm. Um, so basically one of, the, one of the things that we started a couple of months ago was actually to think about a better way to onboard the hotels. And the starting point is, and it sounds really simple, you just give them a demo, show them the product, and then the next step, um, they get a free trial account and they can play with it. And we support them in actually setting up their own hotel structurally, um, up until they have the first reservations, check a guest in and so on. Um, and at some point, on that journey, there are multiple steps. You have the demo, you have the free trial, then you have to think about how does your technology stack work? Like, what do you need next to the PMS? Mm -hmm. Typically, we start with a really lean approach where we say you need a PMS, you need to somehow get your bookings in, you need to somehow set prices, which we do as well, or which we allow for at least, um, and you have to get your payments. So these are kind of core uh, functionalities uh, that we see and where we also have applications that support it, of course. Um, and then in the next step, they, of course, always have the question, so how do I get the data? If I have an existing business, how do I get the data from the other systems? So we have a migration API, which allows for importing this data and know kind of what are the reservations that are on the books. I mean, we're always a bit puzzled when we hear from other examples in the industry that, you know, you type in your 400 reservations and technically for us, it's really simple to do that. So that's why we also offer it. And then in the last step, um, of course, it's the go live of the property. 
And this one is actually not done by sales, but it's done by an onboarding team. So it's also a different entity, a different department in our company. Um, one is the sales department, which ba basically establishes first contact and gets the uh, hotels into the demo and then into the onboarding process. And uh, this process we have established now with probably 15, 20 properties which already went through and went live. Mm. So uh, we see that it works and of course mm. this one can uh, optimize along the way. Um, but we can see that we can serve multiple countries, we can serve the UK, we can serve Germany, German-speaking countries and now we also have a Spanish-speaking person so she already brings in the first Spanish uh, guys into the onboarding process. Okay. What would and, be, and, sorry. and what is important is that actually a lot of these hotels Martin talks about today we never saw in, in person. So that means that from the very first contact until go live actually right. you can do everything remote or right. they can do it themselves mm. to a big extent. Yeah. And that's actually the point where we want to come from. I mean if you talk about the big picture what we have in mind is that you can use a PMS and surrounding apps like you use your iPhone. Yeah. So you have a platform which is Apaleo and then you just go ahead and automatically can say I want to test this app now for CRM, this for this case, this app for this case and you activate those and they are automatically linked to the to the platform um, and then you start working with them and if you, after some time you say you know there's a better app I might want to test another app it should be as easy to switch that app to mm. it to a different app so make it real simple and straightforward um, and get rid of all of these immense costs to start such a project it's ridiculous yeah, that's yeah. not the world of yeah, today and yeah, yeah. you asked about the the type of hotels that we have in this yep. process right so we actually see chains up to 10 20 properties mm -hmm. starting this mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of individuals of course as you can imagine some of them doing it themselves just starting with the free trial themselves and at some point along the way they need some help mm. um, but we see a lot or a broad range of, of hotels it's not the Marriott's, it's not the Hilton's no, yet, but no, no. Uh, is, that, is that part of your aspiration to get to that level? I mean, talking about the big picture and the vision, yes, we yeah. have started the company with the idea of becoming the next generation provider for PMS and platform for the hotel industry. Yeah. So yeah. definitely Oracle, we want to attack. Uh, there's more to that, we know that, um, but, but we are going after the hotel chains um, from the current, uh, which the current vendors have today. Yeah, yeah. Because we think it can be done easier, faster, quicker, mm. better, at less cost. And there are a lot of things to that. So yes, that's mm. the vision mm. and the idea. But at the same time, that explains as well why, how we have started up Aleo. I mean, it's not a small software company as such as you would know a startup company, typical startup company. We have uh, 20 people now. We are growing to 30 next year. We, our partners, friends and ourselves, we have invested lots of money into the company um, now. And it's fine what we are building and it's a great difference in terms of platform, but what we have in mind where we want to be in three, four, five years from now and how we want to get worldwide. And we have very clear ideas of, um, about that. We have some very good companies behind us backing us up. So the funding is important. I mean, the, mm. the ex-CIO of Hilton gave at some point uh, an, uh, an idea when he told me a few years ago, a good friend of mine, he said, you know, in order to build a PMS today, which can be installed, implemented worldwide, you need to invest 20 million euros. Yeah, yeah. And actually we think that today it's a little bit faster and easier and quicker, but when you think about the big picture with the platform, the API first approach, mm -hmm. the, the PMS and all the apps, mm -hmm. it's certainly in the amount um, 
you will need to calculate, if yeah. not more. Yeah. So I think just coming back to the, the larger chains, I, I think one of the biggest fears that these guys have when, whenever looking at the possibility of replacing, for example, their PMS, is the transition of data. Mm -hmm. And because it, there's so many different areas of where data is going through that, that central point within their properties. And I think their biggest fear is how do they manage that transition so that it's done securely, effectively, as price effectively as possible, mm -hmm. and um, as as minimally in, costing them the minimal amount of time. Mm -hmm. If if there is a company out there that can solve that puzzle and then offer the level of support that they need, yeah. then I think there's there's a great opportunity there. So you mentioned before, that, and I want to come back to the the transition of data, if you like. So if your existing customers are transitioning from an existing PMS onto Apaleo. Yeah. What's the typical time frame? How long would it take? And I, I understand that it's not the same. You can't equate the, that type of property or a smaller property yeah. to a larger property within a chain environment. Of course, the structure of everything is different. But um, I think I'd like to just try to understand the process. And because I come from myself, a background of installing PMS and training PMS, admittedly, it's going back to the old location-based server client environment. It took a two-week period from start to finish. The go life took 24 hours without going to bed because you had to work through every, uh, every shift and be available. So I, I want to try to understand how we've progressed from that point because I know a lot of people, even at the, the chain level within senior positions, have a very similar experience to myself. And I think they tap into that when they consider the possibility of how, how can they change what they have without the, yeah. the, the sure. getting stuck in the mud. So maybe a good example on that, because uh, that was also the starting point for doing sales. Uh, when we went to ITB, we uh, had a so-called 30-minute setup show. So basically, we were inviting hotels to set up their hotels and doing that in 30 minutes. So this is the PMS setup, and this is very fast. I mean, there's, uh, of course, things you think about before, like what are my room names? What rates do I need and so on. So there's some thought process, of course. Um, but this typically setting up your hotel doesn't take more than 30 minutes to an hour. Okay. The, of course, then there's the question like how can you set up your technology stack, which we mentioned before, like how can I select my applications and so on. And there's also like different things and, and themes we see. Um, if we have a, an integration or an app that's already integrated, it's done in a mouse click. Mm -hmm. So basically what we established was so-called Apaleo Connect, which allows you the same way as you connect your LinkedIn profile to enter a new platform, the same way we allow the apps to use the data from the PMS. And the hotelier is basically authorizing through the Apaleo Connect and the data is flowing from the PMS to the channel manager, to the IBE to different revenue management systems and so on. And then they are basically pre-configured. But of course, this requires also the same thinking in, in, in these applications and in these, yeah. uh, in these areas. And we see a lot of them coming up in revenue management and channel management. Uh, we, we are just finishing one of the bigger German uh, channel managers who's doing this Apaleo Connect. So uh, we see that in different categories, this already works. And if you have done that, then basically you have half an hour for your PMS plus a couple of mouse clicks from the store. Um, and then, 
of course, the data migration itself is always something where we are a bit bound uh, to, to the help of the hoteliers. But also we see some movement there because um, we know from certain PMSs we can easily do a transition because we know how we get the data out and then we can, or the hotel is getting the data out and then uh, can integrate it. And of course, this one will also be productized. Like at some point there will be these import apps where you say, okay, today I have a ProTel system and tomorrow I want Apaleo and this is how data comes uh, from one to the other system. And this is, of course, can be a cumbersome process, especially depending a bit on your app setup, like where do you need all this data mm -hmm. to be. Um, but we can actually get a hotel live in less than a day yeah. easily. And, and, and we, have, we have today, we've converted hotels from different PMSs already, actually from most of the legacy PMSs on the market. Mm -hmm. And we really, we really see a niche there. I mean, we know how to get the data, so, so how to import it um, through the API and, and set up the PMS and put it into the PMS data. And if you have somebody specialized on a certain PMS type that says, you know, I want to have that app out there, which people then can use to convert old PMSs yeah. to a, a new generation. Absolutely. I will develop that app yeah. and then sell it via the App Store. Yeah. So yeah. that is one piece that, that certainly let's, let's would go. be coming. <laughs> and the other thing which is oh. also important to mention is one change I can see or we can see in hospitality industry um, happening is that the employee, the the level of employees will be changing. You don't have the skilled people out there anymore that go into the hotels. There are too many hotels, not enough people in the industry. So how do you train those those people? And mm -hmm. if you use the old PMSs and have to go through a process of doing a training of two weeks or four weeks or even one week per employee or for a group of employees, that's pretty much impossible in the future. So we have from the beginning said we want to design our PMS user interface and any Everybody can learn it within yeah. a very short time frame without any involvement from our company. We have not done one single user training up to today. So we have obviously done trainings for a revenue manager or a corporate mm -hmm. person that needs to set up the, the PMSs, but actually the users that do use the Apaleo PMS, none of them ever had a training. They just go there, get the software, get access to the software, and then they, it's so intuitive, they can actually start working at the reception with it uh, within minutes. Yeah. So it's a different world. And I think that needs to drive what we call lean, lean PMSs mm -hmm. or lean software overall. That's um, a requirement we have for our app partners as well that we say, you know, if you want to come on the App Store, make sure you understand that this is the way to go. You do, we can't afford in hotel industry projects of several mm -hmm. weeks and 10,000s of euro anymore to make a tech stack working in a, in a hotel. Yeah. Pretty much impossible. So we have mm -hmm. to find different ways which are easier, faster, yeah. and which drives the, the industry forward. Yeah, yeah. And, and on, on the flip side of that, with the, with the third-party apps that are coming in, um, who's accountable for the training of those services? Is that something that they then they manage themselves directly with the, with the client? That's not something that you take on as a responsibility, right? No, typically um, all these applications are standalone applications, yeah. right? Some might be developed spe uh, specifically for Apaleo, but most of them have been there before or are developed uh, throughout. So um, they are separate products and such. So right. they are not like a mobile app which you download, right. but they are like a standalone revenue management yep. system like yep. Ideas. So of course, for these specific trainings and so on, you still need 
um, you still need this company to be involved. Yeah. And I mean, that's also the ecosystem approach that we're yeah. not, you know, yeah. we're not lone rangers there. I think the, the important thing is though, that we see a lot of these companies um, that follow the same approach as us, that are trying to get the mm. guests into the picture, that are making the guest journey mobile yeah. and uh, not require a lot of manual processes from the staff that do the revenue management uh, based on AI, that do CRM and campaigning uh, based on, C on AI. So uh, I think even though it's still kind of a buzzword, it's, uh, it's, it's really coming, like that Definitely. the machine is taking over a lot of the, the manual steps done yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, one, one other question before I get onto the, the hotel tech stack about this topic, because it, it's interesting for me. The Q&A process, between um, yourselves and the third-party vendors. Can you talk us through that process? Because again, from a hotelier's perspective, it may not be something that they uh, consider when they're, when they're doing this. So um, I'm, I'm kind of asking this question for the hotelier to try to get some information for them so that they understand the dynamic between what, what it is that you're doing. We have at Apaleo what we call a no-buck um, philosophy. Right. So we... we claim that our system is always bug free. The way we achieve that is when something happens, actually the guys are supposed to uh, solve it immediately, change the code that it will work. And one of the things we did is all the support is being done by um, developers today. We have no separate support department, so the developers are responsible for the, for the support. And when, you, when the developers are responsible for that, actually they make sure that a problem that occurs does not occur again at three o'clock in the night. So they'll do everything to resolve that bug immediately. So we have a kind of bug-free um, uh, scenario at Abaleo today, and we have all intents to actually maintain that in the future. That is important. And the second thing is, and Martin can, can elaborate on that a little bit more, the API really allows you to very, very clearly see at all times what is happening between the different parties. Because before you had the old interface program mm -hmm. problem, you had vendors on both sides yeah. which were interfacing, and then when a problem occurred, one said it's you, the other said it's you, <laughs> and you were never really able to figure out where the problem lies. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. It's actually not that easy to answer because it's uh, it's a big scope. But uh, let's imagine, dive yeah. into a couple of uh, of details. So. Um, of course, we have a lot of customer requests. Typically, it's product related, like how does something work? Why does it not work like I expect it to work? Um, but these are these are very simply uh, solvable because you know you answer them one, you send a link, you have a documentation for that, or you improve it on the product yourself. Mm -hmm. um, second, you have things that are related to to apps, um, and then we we are using actually technology to solve it. I mean. Uh, it's a simple answer. So we use a, um, a ticketing system which actually distributes it based on the questions to the to the vendor that's uh, you know that's somehow right. related to it. Right. So if it's something with rates and we are not managing the rates, but we have a revenue management system, the ticket is uh, ticket is getting transferred. And this way, we also allow for multiple technology companies to to have this kind of support process in place um, because we can provide the software how we do it. Hmm. So basically there is like a standardized approach, especially for new, new vendors, which help them also to improve on their support. Um, on the API side, of course, we have 
you know all this tracking that you that you need like knowing what is happening how many requests how how quick uh, how slow sometimes mm -hmm. um, and this is track 24 7 uh, we have somebody on call as Uli described it for you know every every day 24 hours um, and basically we have a another software system which is basically showing us when there's any errors occurring like when there's some anomalies or, or something like that so I think there are multiple uh, steps to to think about you have customer support you have the uh, reporting or monitoring on, on the system status and then you also have when you go into integrations you have to make sure that these integrations are proof or that they that they are working uh, that they don't do anything weird with data from the hotels so we also have an uh, onboarding process we could call for the applications mm -hmm. for the integration working on, on an environment where they don't work with productive data, right. they have a restricted access to data, only what they really need and what they can prove their use cases. So a channel manager shouldn't uh, shouldn't create invoices, for instance, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. these, these kind of examples. Okay, great. Yeah. Interesting. And, and we have further ideas on how to move that forward. Actually, today, it's, it's a process we have put into place. So the onboarding for apps and the quality of apps is an important factor to us, um, that the, they have the same thinking, they have a similar approach. They might not be all technology as advanced as everybody mm -hmm. else, but, but it's coming there. But actually, for the future, we have very good ideas on how to establish standards in that area and say, you know, if you if a user wants to intuitively learn a system and a software, these are the important steps you need to consider in order to make that happen. Yeah. And actually, there are software systems already around, and we are testing a few of them, which you can on put, put on top of any existing software, mm -hmm. and they make sure that the approach of learning a software and using a software yeah. is very similar throughout. And still the, the background, so the, the software systems might be completely different, developed by different companies, but the user experience approach um, is very similar. So right. there are technology ways of approaching that intelligently, and I think we have a, a good way of doing that um, today, but it can be improved. There is okay. certainly a way to go there. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. Let's talk a little bit about now the, the tech stack of the customer. Uh, when, when they come onto the Apple AI platform, how many of your customers really understand the value of the tech stack? And not only the value, but do they really understand the types of technology that will best fit their business? Um, and which apps within the store that they should be choosing that's going to be the right fit for them? Um, so it's, I guess it's a two-pronged question. First of all, how many of your customers actually utilize the App Store and take advantage of it? And of those, are they getting the right applications for their business? So there's different types of customers utilizing the App Store in different ways. So uh, we have a lot of these early adopters which are actually looking for ways to innovate. And then typically they will find their app that they want to work with on the App Store. And if they don't find it, they will see that we simply integrate this application in order to get this customer live. So the App Store is, is, an, is a good entry point, of course, for these customers. Um, when you think about the more traditional hotels, they typically you know, have a rather simple tech stack and at some point they think about innovating. So they come to us and say, okay, I need this channel manager and I need this IBE and I need this um, finance system mm -hmm. and at some point they say 
but wait, I also need a mobile guest journey. And then we actually guide them to the app store and tell them, okay, see, you have like these five apps to choose from. Um, you can see kind of what the product looks like. In some cases, you can try it out even on, on top of Abaleo. And then um, they, they see at this point that there is an innovative approach behind. Um, so I think it depends a bit on the entry point. Okay. But, but Sorry, to, come back, to yeah. come back to your question, I mean, 100% um, of our customers today did use or do use the, um, the App Store. 100%. And 100%. Wow. Um, they all use the platform. They all use the Apaleo PMS. But then obviously the amount or number of apps they use differs from depending on the type of hotel. So you might have a very simple hotel that says, you know, the only thing we need is the platform, the PMS, and we need some distribution capabilities and the IBE, and that's it. So that would be the simplest example. And we have other hotels, typically more advanced hotels, as Martin explained, or maybe some chains, smaller groups, mm -hmm. that say, you know, our tech stack needs to look a little bit more complicated because we have this requirement and this requirement and this requirement. And then they might be using five apps from the App Store or 10 apps from the App Store. But the, our aim is that it is as transparent as and as easy for any type of hotel with any type of app. Now the truth is, um, and, and let's use the example of revenue management. You might have revenue management tools which are really simple to implement, to activate and to use. And mm. those you don't need any spe special project you need to go through. And so that could be done in a seamless way and we could take the customer life within a very short time frame. However, if you're a more um, advanced group using revenue management, the revenue management system you might be using might be much more complicated. And in this case, you still would, you could use it together with Apaleo, but you still would need to go through a kind of project and training and onboarding with the revenue management company separately because you need user training, you need to find your strategies, mm -hmm. the overbooking. There are a few areas where complex revenue management requires more input. So it's, it's really depending, but we can prove from many examples that it can be as simple as everybody would imagine it should be today. We just had the upper day recently in Munich and, and it felt, I, I was happy enough to attend and uh, it felt almost like a, a tech family being there, right? So bringing all the different providers together that mostly are part of your marketplace as well and discussing how the market is changing and evolving. Um, Based on that feeling and, and impression I had, is there more like a, a proactive approach in the future plan where you start recommending partners as well to your, to your future customers and hotels and, and having a glimpse as well on their existing tech stack and then saying, okay, from what we see here in your tech stack existing, we would recommend this would be a great fit helping you in your business. Is that an, a business approach you're taking or do you just want to maintain neutrality? And I, I think... I think uh, recommendation would be too strong from mm -hmm. our perspective. We, we, uh, if you think about any true app store in this world, you need to be neutral as a platform mm -hmm. provider. So you have, say there is a category and everybody which is good and applies and qualifies to be an app partner can get on that app store. So recommendation would be too strong as a word, but what we are thinking about in the future is actually do exactly what you say. So you can go to the app store and you have different um, kind of roles and characters of hotels and say, you know, I might compare to that hotel. I have mm -hmm. 40 rooms in a city center. I want 
a mobile guest journey. I don't want a mobile guest journey. My, fav my favor is on doing CRM in an advanced way or doing revenue management. And we might have some prepackaged examples where mm -hmm. they can go then, but the decision process is still with the customer. So Absolutely. the hotel would then see this is the prepackage and that are the apps within that mm -hmm. prepackage that would fit your character. And then they can go ahead and still look at those apps. So I would, I would say we want to st uh, stay neutral. It's, it's key to us. It's important to us yeah. but still obviously we would like to make the, the journey for the customer to select mm -hmm. the right tech stack as straightforward as possible. And I mean the other thing is um, there's around 2,000 apps now out there mm -hmm. targeting hotels um, you know revenue uh, CRM you name it. Um, globally. Yeah, yeah. globally. Yeah. So knowing these obviously wouldn't be anything we could do like thinking about our team thinking about the 30 people could be 50 100 we wouldn't know all these apps anyways so mm -hmm. um, for us it's important to support the onboarding process even that for the applications is something that they should do themselves mm -hmm. um, and then it should be the community driving the the let's call it recommendation system or recommendation engine where mm -hmm. it's about what app is good for which type of hotel um, and and then somehow there should be something Amazon like where you just yeah. say okay somebody that picked up a Leo and uh, a certain guest facing technology uh, picks this dialogue provider yeah. and maybe to to finalize that is um, what actually um, delays the onboarding process most still today is is an interesting part we can do everything else within hours even including IBE, it's seamless, including distribution, apps you want to attach. So actually in the best case, um, looking at this, we could take a hotel really live within a day or less than a day and all remote. Um, the, the only process which delays it currently a little bit is the payment because if you are a chain or an individual hotel, you have to go through the um, know your customer processes um, in terms of being recognized with the credit card payment company. Mm. So that is an area which where we know we can approve and we have some very good ideas on how to do that. We are working today with, from our perspective, the leading um, e-commerce provider worldwide, which is behind um, eBay and some of the other big e-commerce uh, companies, uh, which is Adyen uh, from Amsterdam, and they mm. are really, really good in their in what they do. So we have a, a seamlessly integrated thing with them, where uh, for the customer the payment is not a problem, regardless where the reservation comes from. But the initial onboarding process, we have some very good ideas on how to drive that period down from the two weeks it is now, um, and the, in the two weeks many things can happen to take the customer life, but we need the final improvement from the payment provider and we have some very good ideas on how to drive that down to an absolute minimum right right okay great um so we we need to wrap this up but i still have two more questions i'd like to ask you could you give us your definition of a modern hotelier today i think a modern hotelier is has to be advanced in technology. I think what, what is really the key is that in the future technology will drive the hotel industry to a much bigger extent um, than it does today. And the results we see is that actually those hotels that use technology to the advantage of their guests and their operations 
are much more efficient than traditional hotels. We have some numbers from the past to compare those hotel groups and hotels, and it's the, the difference is just immense. So I think more and more hoteliers will get onto that track using technology more intelligently, and there are chains around which do it in a very good way today. I mean, mm. look at Ruby Hotels from Germany and some of those other examples, the way they use technology to become more efficient and offer a better guest journey is incredible. And this is what it has to come to. I mean, the, the customers, the guests uh, want to see a better reception, a better way of being dealt with. And people like Citizen M and Ruby and others have that idea and they realize it very successfully today. Mm. I think there's also one emotional state. So um, when we think about all these different apps and the platform, it's, it's also a lot about trial and error, right? You have to be open to try out new things and you have to see if it works for you or not. But you can't expect that, you know, you, you change your tech stack every five or seven or 10 years. I mean, that's just not how innovation works these days. So that's one of the, the biggest things that we hope hoteliers get to, um, that they develop this uh, trial and error um, perspective and that they can, hmm. you know, based on a solid platform, they can just try out new things and get innovative hmm. much more hmm. the way Uli just described. It's it. a very interesting concept and I think um, the, the biggest challenge that companies such as yourselves will probably most likely face is if that gets traction and, and succeeds, there's going to be a point where uh, when you get to the large, and again I'm coming back to the, the large end of the scale, the, the chain level, um, you're going to hit a brick wall at some stage and it's 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 education within the industry doesn't apply purely just to the independents or the smaller groups I think there's a very important and I say this with all due respect obviously because they're very efficient at what they're doing mm -hmm. but I, I do feel at times that the bigger chains somehow stifle their leadership or their management to make the decisions that could best be applied to the business because they're so structured in the way their technology is stacked and, and they're so set within their, their own boundaries, if you like, that they've created for the last 25, 30 years. And I think the, the management with, the, and especially the younger management coming through, these younger guys coming out of obviously very good hotel schools that are very intelligent people, tech savvy, digital natives, they're, at what point are they going to get into the, that side of the industry and feel like, I can't make a decision here, I can't move? So I think it's going to be very interesting to see that dynamic. And I think mm -hmm. the chain that embraces that with the support from the tech providers that's going to enable that, I think is really going to set themselves up probably best in the future. I mean, absolutely. When you look at the two next-gen chains which are there worldwide, and there are a few which are really, really yep. good and we like a lot, um, they are independent businesses. They are not part or, or a brand of exactly. the chains. Exactly. And none of the major brands, according to what we see, has really been able to establish this type of next-gen brand no, separately from, from their business. Yeah. And what's the reason for that? Because they tend to use their absolute standards they use for all other brands. Mm, and if exactly you want right. to establish a new business, next-generation chain, you have to think out of the box. Yeah. And this is something which is hard to do when you are such a big organization yeah. and so structured, yeah. as you said, yeah. absolutely. And this is another reason why I think, um, and I know we're, we're diverting a little bit, but it's a very interesting topic because I saw something very briefly on LinkedIn today about how um, Expedia and even C-Trip now are becoming 
their own management brands. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to be companies that will take that approach. Absolutely. They will let the hotels be independent. They'll just provide them the platform. So you guys make the decisions you want around tech. Mm -hmm. Over the next 10, 15 years, yeah. that could change the entire dynamic of the industry Absolutely. at the top end that, mm -hmm. as we know it today. So yeah. I think it should be, it's a very interesting space. I'm very curious to see how that mm -hmm. will fold out. I think in that context, it's, uh, it's key what Uli said before as well, that um, we have a changing industry and everyone has so much trouble in finding stuff. So the overall approach in technology, uh, especially as well for the big players out there, uh, needs to change. And, and because they don't have the time anymore to train the people for four weeks or two weeks or whatever. Well, training so, is a perfect example yeah, of where a platform like you're offering exactly. will cut enormous costs back yeah. for those big chains. Yeah. Okay. Shall I final, the final question, one? please, go ahead. I found it, uh, me as a, a company and a provider and founder, whatever, I found it very interesting that you said before that you were so fast in implementing that process and I was very, uh, uh, not smartly, but I was very detailedly listening to what you said before, before all this ticketing system, and I was like, oh yeah, mental note here. Um, so uh, having just walked through the process again, uh, especially you, Uli, uh, what are the top three hints you can give for a tech startup? Like, what do you need to consider when you start up a new company? That's, especially in our space. Yeah, well, obviously. Especially yeah. in our space. I mean, I think it's a combination of different things, but what is most important is, which is kind of a philosophy we don't see too much here in Europe, is don't be afraid of failing. That is that is the number one thing. I mean, in US, it's it, the approach is entirely different. But don't be afraid of failing here. Do something, try it out. If you have a, a good idea, go get some people that back you up, that give you the money. Good, get some good partners. And actually, we are doing something as well. We are working with a lot of the new um, innovative app companies that come to us, and not only integrating them on our app store, but also helping them. We are trying to give them recommendations and help them find network and uh, investors and angels and whatever. We are doing a lot of work in that area and we see great companies. I mean, we've run over the past year into most probably 50 companies where we say, wow, these guys have a lovely idea. Um, it's great. And some of them are very successful today. So our approach is don't be afraid of trying it out. Do it um, and, and really start the business. If you think your idea is good, you will have success. Mm -hmm. But the key to it in the end is the team. If you, if you have a great team in a startup, you can do anything, mm. you know? And this is why we are so proud about our 14 founders, people. The diversity we have within Apaleo is, is really very unique. I mean, on the Bits and Bretzels Founders Conference, which was just in Munich, we won one of the diversity prizes because we are from 20 people from 20 different nationalities and everybody has a certain character and can do things very well. And is Did you, Do you consider Turing a, a different exactly. country yeah, or something? Or? <laughs> okay, 19 countries. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I also think that well, what Uli said, like take experiments, try things out, like uh, do something in a lean way, try to build a product and fast and, you know, don't be ashamed of showing it to anyone at an early mm -hmm. stage. What we feel, even though we are 14 people, it was still kind of lean, right? You have to build a PMS and typically, Uli said, a couple millions, um, other people say 20 man years to build a PMS. So we were really quick and probably the first version wasn't anything worthwhile looking for, for Hilton at. 
um, but it was something where we already found the target group. So I think this is kind of the first mm -hmm. step that you build a product, uh, might be a paper prototype or you know even software, and don't be afraid of showing it and sharing it. So I think um, this is, from my perspective, the thing that I learned also from multiple failures. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Yeah. it's Excellent. part of the game. So Excellent. it's good. Very good. Nothing, nothing gives you more ideas than failing. Fail and you'll learn more yeah. than if yeah. you ever learn from from anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. I think failure is extremely important in life. Period. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll never develop. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's been great, great having you on the show. Um, Uli, cool. Thank you very thanks, much for being Andy, here, Martin. Andre, thank you. Thank you. Um, Everybody, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed that, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as the bell next, for, next to the subscribe button so that you get the notifications. And until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye -bye. Bye.